0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi and welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we are going to talk about Deluxe Galaga. Oh no we're not. Try again. <laughs> Galaga is no, actually how you pronounce it. It's Galaga. And no. anyone that
1: says otherwise is a fool.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's a obviously a huge point of contention. And by huge. No, it that, is. It may be relative. I hear that all the time <laughs> in the arcade scene. <laughs> um, but before we get into <laughs> talking about the game, uh, we got a, a little bit of feedback. All right. Uh Dreamcatcher, our gangster from Manchester. <laughs> um he, uh, he 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 thought that was quite humorous uh he said that uh, i'm an accounts nerd my pimp mobile of choice is a mountain bike and i worship at the altar of a computer that kicked the bucket almost 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> so that's how gangster that <laughs> uh, he said you brought up the limitations of the amiga's sound capabilities in the elvira playthrough video and in particular the tendency for many games to output music or sound effects yet not both simultaneously He says, I've never read a definitive explanation for this, but have a theory of my own. The Amiga's sound architecture was restricted to four channels of audio, and while any of these channels could be allocated to producing music, sound effects, or a mixture of the two, they were generally dedicated to one or the other. I gather this was because distributing the channels between two functions would result in a diluted experience in each case, and musicians weren't prepared to show the machine in a bad light. Uh, he says, later on in the Amiga's life cycle, Chris Huselbeck and others uh, somehow deciphered how to unlock the secret to using more than four channels of audio, and it became more common to combine sound effects and music without compromising on quality. And subsequently, the FX and music toggle switch became a distant memory. Yeah, I, I think he nailed it.
1: And I even remember some games that had, um, they would have the sound effects and the and the and the music on at the same times but they would you would lose certain channels of the sound as they were playing so like you might you might have a sound effect kick off of an explosion and you might lose the bass line for a minute where they would sneak that one in and take it back out mm-hmm. and I they did absolutely figure out how to have you know to share those channels uh, uh somewhere down the line I'm not sure even what year I mean, that'd be something to look into sometime uh, but uh you know if you consider the, the Amiga's sound abilities, uh, small price to pay. And I'm not surprised
0: that someone figured out how to do it eventually. And yeah. uh, You're right. You don't see that as much of later stuff. Uh, Barry's world, who is uh, one of our frequent commenters on YouTube, uh, wanted to point out that sensible soccer did have a replay function. So, uh, kickoff two was not alone in that. And, uh, he also wanted to, uh, let Paul, uh, the, uh, the Australian guy, uh, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago, know that, um, directory opus, was written by an Aussie named Jonathan Potter. Uh, directory Opus is uh, one of the most famous, I guess, utilities written for the Amiga, though I'm not a big utility guy. Do you know much about Directory oh, Opus? I
1: love... When I first got hold of Directory Opus, oh, oh man, this was better than almost any game I ever got. <coughs> this was outstanding. Uh, it's still around. Uh, it's There's a PC version. And uh, it is. I, I haven't used the PC version. And, you know, the with the PC version. You know, did you ever use Windows Explore? Uh, it was called. Yeah, it was Windows Explorer, not the browser, but the uh, uh, the file management thing that was in there. Oh yeah,
0: I use it all the time. Right. The
1: uh, uh, the directory was just uh, somewhere in that ballpark of that. Mm-hmm. But it was super. It was highly configurable. Uh, and it was it was just great. And the thing I liked about it was it was it gave you certain Windows functionality. Uh, and when I say that, let's say I bring up, a screen. What it reminds me of, if you've ever seen the file transfer stuff on the original Xbox after you mod one, you get a screen from one drive and a screen for the other drive, left and right. And you can toggle between the two, and if you want to copy something from one to the other one, you just highlight it on one, hit copy, and it copies it to whatever's in the other screen. That's the way directory opens But what it would do was allow you to set it up to where if you're like looking at a directory of pictures, you can double-click one, and it will show the picture. Now, that seems like that seems pedestrian now, but it wasn't back in the day. You would have to load up a picture viewer, and then you could load the pictures. Mm. You could have this thing uh, load up a sound, a mod file, and it would play the mod file because you were setting up, basically, you were the, using our director to set up to understand what these extensions were and what program you wanted it to trigger to play them, and it was great. It was really handy for uncompressing things, which I used. That, that was the number one thing I used it for was uncompressing stuff. There wasn't as much file maintenance on a, on, a, on, a, on a computer that doesn't have a hard drive. So, you know, you don't need it as such, but it was real handy. And I still use it to this day. It's so much more handy now that I've got the uh, compact flash drive on the Amiga because there's a lot more file maintenance involved. You're moving stuff around. I move stuff between the PC and the Amiga quite a bit. And it's a... It's a uh, it's an invaluable resource. If I had to name all, the all-time great programs on the Amiga, games or otherwise, or Director
0: Opus would be in the top 10, maybe the top five, and it was that good. Wow. I think you know, now that I now that I think back on it, hearing you talk about it, I think maybe Sean, when I interviewed him, he talked about that as his favorite utility. Is that was Magellan part of a later? was do you know anything about, I don't know why that's ringing a bell, but he definitely talked about, I think, some sort of a you know file management program that was really great. So well, I I don't know, Magellan doesn't hit, ring a bell with me, mm-hmm. but uh, Directory was I something like I said it's
1: up up until a few years ago this was still a prominent PC file tool. Now uh, I don't know I haven't checked on it recently. And for like I said for the PC not as big a deal, uh, but uh, and I never and it may be great for the PC. I mean it's certainly the concept. is sound it could go from computer to computer, but on the Amiga. Man, there was nothing like and it. I'm, I'm sure, sure it, was it was really ahead of its time when it was. Oh really man, sure was and configurable, Whew, loved it, loved it. And yeah, I did not know an Aussie uh, coded that. So good for them. And I, I don't know if there's are uh, the same. The original Amiga guys are still the guys that run it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, boy, I hope they are. It'd be nice. I'd make me happy to think that they're still
0: cooking because yeah. it, it was
1: it was so revolutionary. They deserve to get all the money they can.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the end of our feedback for this week. Um, so I guess it's it's time to talk about Deluxe Galaga, Gal, Galaga, or Galaga. Or Deluxe. Whatever you want to <laughs> say, man. It's all good here at the Amigos. Um, so, uh, Aaron, do you have some kind of overview information for us? Well, Deluxe Galaga is a
1: super-duper well-known Amiga game. It's um, It's got to be amongst the all-time most popular games. And the hilarious thing is, it's shareware. Uh, the uh, The game was coded, came was plucked from the brain of a fellow named Edgar M. Vigdahl. Uh, Edgar unfortunately passed away uh, in April of this year. He was uh, not very old. He was almost uh, fifty two when there he, he was three he three on. years. Um, I did a little digging on. Uh, Edgar, and like I said, he was a pretty active in the Amiga community uh, for you know for the years he that, that there was an Amiga community, a modern one. Um, he had been uh, he had been chronically ill his entire life. Uh, he had had he had a an illness called uh, Ulcerus colitis. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, it's a uh, I pulled that directly from him, from what, something he wrote uh, his uh, and I know when he passed. Uh, he'd been particularly ill his wife had been ill I believe they said her his father and uh, uh he uh <laughs> he went and while still doing amiga stuff uh what he had uh, the timeline on on how deluxe Galaga came to be and its and its you know future spawn uh, he uh he coded it and released it uh in uh March 9th of of uh of uh, excuse me it was uh no, it was October twentieth of ninety three, uh, the uh, that was the number one release of it. One thing about this program is he he literally updated it for years and years until it got up to uh, a final release of two point six. This all has a bearing on his death, which I'm leading up to. So <coughs> uh, it was an incredibly popular game. He did very well with it on the Amiga. He only released two Amiga games, which were Deluxe Galaga and Deluxe. Pac-Man. These are the only two games that released. Deluxe Galaga was the more popular of the two, although Deluxe Pac-Man has its fans. I've played Deluxe Pac-Man. It was sort of just, I didn't think much of it. Now, if it has all the crazy secrets and stuff that Gallagher has, I probably only scratch the surface. But uh, I don't know enough about it to, to render a review of it. Um, anyway, he did well with these games. Uh, he uh, even even they were shareware; people would send him money, and he would he would promise them updates <clears throat> and whatnot. <laughs> I was I thought it was funny when I was looking over his. Uh, they kept his update page up for or his uh, page up for posterity's sake, and he was he was telling people that when they send in money. If they want an update, make sure they send the disc. He couldn't afford to, the, the floppy disks are too much. He needed you to send the disc with it so he could send it out. And he said, Days like, these are too expensive for me to buy, you know. Uh, but uh, so after a while, uh, uh, the Amiga went away. <clears throat> and so uh, Vigdahl wanted to move the game over to the PC. Now the uh, the problem was that the PC the version would not be called Galaga uh, the uh, for the re- for copyright reasons. And so they changed what it was and uh, the name was to Warblade, all right? I've played Warblade, I don't know, have you ever played it. No. It's effectively a, sort of a fancier deluxe Galaga, all right? The ship looks a little different. Uh, it may run a little I read reports that it ran a, a smidge slug, it more sluggish than the PC. Now, of course, I think your mileage may vary depending on what PC you've got. I ran it; it didn't seem too awful. It didn't seem too awful bad. When did uh, when when was Warblade released? Um, good question. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I think it was released in the uh, in the in the late nineties. Okay, so um, well
0: after the Amiga was gone.
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> and he also had something cooking for the Mac. I'm not 100% sure about that. Now again we're leading up to his death here because there's an interesting question that his death race. So he began to tinker with uh, iPhone games um, in, uh, the late, in the late into the mid2000s. Uh, he had uh, he had learned a little bit of programming on the iPhone. he thought the iPhone was going to be a big deal. And so he decided it would be cool, and he—I guess people had asked—he had decided to port, um, uh, to port Deluxe Galaga slash Warblade over to the portable systems. All right. To do this, he had a
0: um, he had a Kickstarter. All right. So this had to have been. Not in the mid two thousands. This would have been two
1: thousand ten, I believe, and the the Kickstarter kicked off in two thousand twelve. He dabbled in ten. He 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 kicked off in twelve. He kicked off. He started the Kickstarter. So his Kickstarter, I believe, he was asking for uh, it's like a couple hundred grand or something. It wasn't a a ludicrous amount, but it got funded. Plus more like they hit, they hit, hit all the extensions and it was a get a real good, uh, a real good kickoff of it. And the, what was proposed to be made was called Warbird uh, world war, the war bleh, Mark two. Okay. Hmm. This would be a iOS slash Android release with a possible PC release to follow and Mac and whatnot. Um, now he was a notoriously slow programmer. Uh, the, uh, He, For the obvious reasons, he was sick a lot, and so he had trouble um, getting this thing rolling. So uh, no release date was ever mentioned that I could find, Uh, but it was fully funded. So 2012 rolls around, 2013 rolls around. I've I've looked over his logs and his his forum logs, and basically he's telling people, listen, it's coming. I've been sick, and he wasn't – there was no BS. He'd been ill, seriously ill, obviously. So – I think it was in 2014, he said, listen, we're going to start updating you guys more. He's like, before we do Warblade 2, or Mark 2, we're going to do a Deluxe Galaga port first. And we're going to do this, I think part of it was a programming uh, tutorial to himself to learn what he was going to use to fully make Warbird, to flesh it out he was going to make this other thing first. And this was going to be part of Warbird Mark 2 when he... When he got that finished, he would add deluxe Galaga, you know, super deluxe Galaga, whatever you was going to call it. He was going to add that to the the people that ordered the, the uh, that got uh, Warbird
0: Mark II. Okay, that so was the let me, let me let me see if I I've got this. Okay, so that there are two Warblade. I assume what you were calling Warbird all the yes, times was Warblade. Warblade. Excuse okay. me. Yes, I just want to make sure. That was a separate game in some, in many ways, from Deluxe Galaga, other than the name. It was not really. Uh, it was. It was fancier. It
1: was. Uh, the graphics were different, but it was pretty close to the mostly the same game.
0: So why did he say before we do, Mark? Why did Why did he want to port Deluxe well, Galaga over first? I can
1: obviously. I don't know his full intention all, all intentions, but uh, he was struggling to learn. Uh, to to make the programming language he had picked up do what he wanted, okay? Uh, and so, uh, he I guess his plan was I'm going to go ahead and do a straight port of Deluxe Galaga over using this, and then I should glean everything I need to know. In fact, this is pretty much what he said. I should glean what I need to know to make Mark II what I want. Okay. All right? <laughs> so... His his uh, supporters are getting worried at this point. It's been several years, so mm-hmm. this is I think this was late 2014. It was somewhere in there. So, um, I, st- I, re- I read a lot of the of the uh, background stuff on the on the Kickstarter and people I, from what I've been able to read, read no one ever got any of the stuff that they got. Oh. But to be fair, Ed was incredibly ill, so I don't think it was Ed intention to screw anybody over. Right. Uh, and from all accounts, he was a pretty nice guy, right? So anyway, sure enough, uh, 2015 rolls up, and he's he's keeping detailed on what's going on with this deluxe Galaga port. And then, wham bam, out of nowhere, he passes away. So I got to think, and this is sort of a side note, but it's, it's an interesting thing to think about uh, when someone when you fund a Kickstarter for something like that, and that many years have gone by, and they pass away. What happens? I don't know. I have no idea what happens to the... I don't know. I guess everyone just lost their money. Yeah. And he's uh, gone. It's very strange. The thing
0: about Kickstarter is, too, you know, you're you're legally, I guess, under obligation to provide your backers with the gifts that you promised them in terms of the things that you get mailed to you that aren't necessarily the final product. But you're under no obligation to actually deliver what you're raising money for at all. I mean, like, you can just say, hey... You know, here's all the stuff that we—I promised I'd give you—but we weren't able to actually do the project, and you can walk away scot-free. Yeah,
1: yeah, and this was—I don't think this was the actual Kickstarter.com. I think, because as I recall, this was in trying to decipher this from French. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it was—some kind of European thing. But uh, and I'm assuming it's most the same way. But I mean, even the stuff that he'd promised uh, was. Postcards, signed mm-hmm. thank you notes, and and that sounds putting, like a Kickstarter. <laughs> putting people, putting people in the game, you know, putting their and taking their suggestions in early betas. But mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like I'm going to fly you out to, you know, Copenhagen or whatever. Right. It was, you know, it was so it's not like people got totally screwed on that stuff. But where was
0: this guy from anyway?
1: Um, Do we know Norway. Norway. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to try to say this. This is where he. This is where he passed. And I'm assuming this is where he lived. Um. <laughs> It's got one of those uh, O zeros in it, Hoy Heimsvik.
0: I think that's probably right.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, he uh, <laughs> he I, that's where he he passed. So I'm assuming that's where he lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, by this time, one thing else I should I should add is that he uh, he 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 was a solo act, right? Until 2008, he started a software company called EMV Software. His initials. Which apparently he had a crew of some sort. Uh, I see mention of them on the uh, on his page on his posthumous stuff. So apparently he had other people work on this. the 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 wacky thing is, uh, Deluxe Galaga the port. The piece, and there was a PC version, there was a Mac version, there was an iOS version. They exist somewhere in in a beta form. Mm. I tried like Gangbusters to download them, and I couldn't. They were the place where they had been stored is gone. So I'd be if anybody knows where you could pick one of these up, I'd be interested. I mean, they're 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 not illegal, uh, but apparently these were early betas he'd released that sort of work. So I'd kind of like to see what he had going before he passed. But the, so it's kind of sad. But uh, I will say to to. Uh, in the retrospective of uh, of Ed's life in in terms of programming, he, he has a game that's so beloved it's unbelievable to a large community of Amiga users, PC users got really got into the the one he released over there. And and it's people are pretty upset and sad that they probably won't ever get to see Mark II ever get released or since it never was even started, mm-hmm. from what I've been able to ascertain. So kind of sad, but he did leave a legacy of a really awesome game that a lot of people hold dear.
0: Well, uh, you know, moving on to the the actual game, uh, there's a lot of backstory, more backstory than we well, we've had on a lot of games. But well, it's interesting. He, he's a he's it's, a pretty big character. Yeah, you know, I, I, and it's funny. There's not a lot
1: of interviews with him. I read, I found one. Uh, I, I, and I knew uh, I knew of a fellow Shane R Monroe. I'll give him credit again. He has a, he has a deluxe Galaga page that's still up mm-hmm. after all these years, and uh, he had talked to this fellow and gotten a lot of, and gleaned a lot of stuff. So so uh, I got some stuff from there too and just nosing around. Uh, but uh, this guy, like I said, he he deserved a little bit more than most of these guys because he's a one man band. If you think
0: about it that way. You know, he did a lot for just one guy. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of the information that I got just about, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything as I was playing through this, actually came from Shane Monroe's page. I know you're a big Shane Monroe I acolyte. love Shane
1: R. Monroe. I've mm-hmm. been listening to Retro Gaming Radio for the, pretty much the entire time it was on, and I still listen to his past your seat radio on uh, speaker. So if you go over there and listen to that, he's
0: always entertaining. But, uh, you know, I just you know talking about my my thoughts first you know when i first started playing i was just thinking man thank god we're we're over the elvira games we're done with you know point or the uh Zool. We're, we finally we're playing a real game you know we're playing a game that i want to play you know and because it's awesome it's really awesome it's such a great game um you know i, I i've always liked regular galaga i even like galaxian and uh, this takes everything that's great about Galaga and just makes it better. I mean, that's that's the be- the most succinct way I can put it. I mean, do you agree? Yes, I
1: I, I uh, myself, and my brother own a Galaga machine, uh, so we're fairly intimate with Galaga. Uh, but uh, uh, Edgar took. It's funny when I it, when I was doing research on this, the, they had asked him about this, and basically the funny thing about Galaga is a deluxe Galaga is he. People are like assumed he was sort of like a super port of Galaga, but really, from what I read, he had played Galaga, and then like seven years later, he's like, "Boy, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Let's make something kind of like that." But it's not like he sat there and studied the machine. He, he hadn't didn't seen reverse one
0: f- engineer the code. No, or- he
1: hadn't seen. Oh God, no. Yeah. He hadn't seen one for years. He did, and he did his uh uh, uh he did his work on a pretty standard uh, uh coding program called DevPack. I don't know if you're familiar with that. He did, he he doesn't wasn't one hundred percent sure in the interview that I read, but he thinks he did he did most of the uh, graphics work with Deluxe Paint. Yeah, I'm not. You know, yeah, which that's another thing. And he did he says he did the. Uh, he made his own sound effects creation program, and he he used a and you may know about this. He used a Korg MS10 analog synthesizer to do some sounds for wow. the game too. I don't know if you much. Yeah, about they,
0: that. well, you know those analog synths. You've, I'm sure you've seen pictures of them where they, it looks like a telephone switchboard, you know, and they, yeah. the patch cables and everything. Those yeah, are awesome.
1: yeah, yeah. He, uh, um, you know, aside from about that, the game is good. It's very good. It's got great. His options are great. He, uh, I like the fact that you can switch from PAL to NTSC on the fly. I like the fact that you can, I mean, if you, if you, I didn't know that you could even do all this stuff until I did research for this show, but like he, he set it up to where you can change out the music, you can change out the sound effects, you can add, you can add a bunch of stuff on the file level, and he, and with the different revisions, he, he, and he shows you how to do it. Uh, he, uh, he could have just made the game. As it was, and it would have been awesome. But he
0: added so much crazy secret stuff, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you got in how much of that stuff you got into. I didn't know it. I barely scratched the surface after reading on, on Shane's page about all the stuff that's in there. I was like, wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I printed out everything just so, for my own edification so I could look at it and try to get some of this stuff. But you're talking some crazy deep gameplay that you would never. I don't know how you could have even thought this stuff up mm-hmm. uh, for and for a shooting game. I, I, I would go on record and say there's never been a a a, a game of this nature that had so much crazy secrets yeah. ever. I mean, well, ever. you know
0: what it really reminds me of that is it's a popular uh, a popular thing <laughs> these days or it, the, the, the addition of the store, the in-game store. Yeah, is uh, I don't know if you've ever played something like the Binding of Isaac or Spelunky do you, are, do you even know what i know
1: them? i've seen i've seen
0: my brother play Splunky. Well, these are games that are action-oriented games but they have where you can buy in items in an in-game store and uh that is a pretty novel concept you know in in action games and so since he he put this in way back you know in 90 90 or three 93 uh I really liked that at first you know when i died and i said do you want to purchase an extra life i was like what is what does that even mean because i didn't even realize money was a thing and i was like is this some sort of cheap like continue thing is this going to impact my score if i do this is going to reset then the second game i was like oh this is something that you know you collect those little flashy things and you get money and so that really impressed me the uh, the, and that's one thing that makes this game
1: extra great is the fact that to do particularly well you have to get greedy you have to take chances Mm -hmm. you have to dig down and get underneath and and try to fire on stuff and get coins from stuff that you would normally just go away from yeah a lot of times those coins fall down in the midst of a hail of bullets you know in in some ways uh, uh this and there are some aspects of this that remind me of blood money. Uh, you have the same thing, you would you would uh, you have to get coins that fall out of the things you shoot, you have to go to the store to upgrade your ship, uh, with them. Some, but I mean, the the stuff you can buy in the store, though, it's, you know, I like you can buy secrets, you can buy crazy stuff, and and effectively in, later on in the game, I, not that I got real far, but without a, a decently upgraded ship, you're screwed, uh, and and. Even if you go into, like, say, the, the meteor shower, uh, you you know, without a certain amount of speed, it's not possible to even get through, fully through the meteor shower. You know, so the fact that he thought that stuff up is amazing. The, I like the various drop-down stuff that comes up from the, from the bad guys you shoot. Very, It's really Arkanoid-like. It is, which is what a great move. Yeah. You know, I like the fact you can trap the ships uh, a la... Gall or Galaga 2 or mm-hmm. whatever where you can where you can use the bad guys to help you fire against their own their own guys uh I like the fact that certain uh s- there are certain rare items that fall down I mean they're almost like rare drops in, in a weird way that they they if you get certain ones in a certain order or, uh you can <laughs> it affects the game way down the line mm-hmm. it's just crazy stuff uh did you I'm assuming you didn't beat the game? I did not beat the game. That's a uh, correct assumption. It has a finite amount of levels. Uh, 75? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that's what they said with 75. And there's things you can do early in the game that at the end of the game will give you a big bonus score, wow. uh, which is neat. So it's got, like,
0: multiple endings. You oh, know, yeah. pathways.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got ranks, which I think is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So I you,
0: love games with ranks. Blue Max like <laughs> that, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. Um, uh, I guess Galaga had, you know. Oh yeah, you know,
0: Galaga had ranks. All right. All right. So,
1: but I mean, not spelled out, you know, ranks. Right. Uh, it's got bosses. Awesome. You know, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. It's got crazy levels, uh, the, uh, the like the Kamikaze levels when it comes to mind. it's got that weird memory game thing, yeah, the concentration kind of uh, thing. That's the thing about this game. You'll be playing it, and it's not going to be the same. It's not like one thing that Galaga is. You play da 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 da. Here's a challenging stage da 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 da. Challenging. This game, depending on what you do while you're playing, you might warp quicker you might have a warp that gets aborted and you wind up and it, i don't know if you had that happen where where it was a where it basically warp speed
0: malfunction oh i know that that never happened yeah. to me uh, i like how you warp though it kind of gives you a little breather you know and it kind of puts you a little bit more into the theme too you know you're going from one section of space to another everything's just not coming at you at once
1: yeah there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of crazy. Uh, drop downs that, that's really rare. Like I would have never ever have found out about the stuff if I didn't read about it. There's a drop that's called a mirror mode bonus that gives you two ships that are mirrors to each other as you play. And so you have to when you're controlling one ship, the other one's your mirror image on the other, on the other half of the screen. Wow! And so you're. Trying to, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Uh, <clears throat> They're probably are, more powerful than that
0: Zool thing. Your split image and Zool Oh yeah, I don't <laughs> know.
1: There's a uh, there's a ship that comes out and steals your money really yeah
0: <laughs> yeah the only the only extra ships that i saw zooming across was the one that fires the rockets you know that mystery ship like the one in space invaders or whatever well but-
1: that that ship there's a ship that comes down if you take too long right and it fires a, like a missile mm-hmm. uh and and you can uh you can you can actually get away uh and you can actually shoot that guy and get some points i mean the the game is so expansive with all the uh secret stuff that it's I mean, I'm looking at a sheet I've got here just printed out of all this crazy stuff. And it's just, it's bafflingly thick Mm -hmm. uh, for a little game like that. Yeah. Um, Warblade is more, or yeah, Warblade is more of the same uh, from what I recall. I played it years ago. And, uh, you know, a lot of people like Deluxe Galaga better because it's the simpler graphics and it runs pretty quick. I, you know, it's pretty good, and the, the, if some of the effects he has on there are pretty nice. Uh, the uh, I like the effect of that kind of like background star mm-hmm. field star thing that comes nice. up. Uh, the uh, the warp things need. I, I like the meteor. The me, there's a there's a phase where you are going through a meteor storm, and you you can hold your button out to go faster, and the further you get, the better. And there are also pickups on the meteor field that you can run through and get. Uh, but Or you can just try to dodge rocks and then go until your time runs out. So it's nothing you can do. There are different options. Your, your weapons, some weapons are better than others, and some weapons are better for certain situations. There's, there's weapons that have a better spread. There's weapons that have two shots. There's shields. You know, this guy didn't miss a beat, you know, on, on this stuff. So I guess it goes without saying... It's a darn good game. Uh, I have like, oh, something we haven't even touched on, two-player, simultaneous play. Outstanding. Uh, what, a, what a good idea. And it amazes me that that didn't get done. Right. You know, hardly ever. I th- I believe there was a later versions of Space Invaders that would allow two people simultaneous play, uh, you know, some of the more advanced, fancier ones. But that should be standard fare in all those games. Yeah. <laughs> it made yeah. It's, it's such an awesome option to, to, to be able to play like that. Uh, he was a man that put. A, he took a lot of time to to perfect his his game, and even in the interviews I read, he would say he still hasn't perfected it fully, which is probably why I'll, I'll tell you what when he when he went back to working on Deluxe Galaga Port and put Warblade on the on hiatus until he was done. I. I'm not surprised because I get the feeling that this guy just was never satisfied with tweet without tweaking it. And he was just gonna tweak it again. <laughs> yeah. Release it again and keep releasing. So basically I think he was put down on earth to make one awesome game. <laughs> Mission accomplished.
0: Well, um I'm going to tell you my score, even though you don't have a score. You do have a score. Yes, you stupid, stupidly
1: I, I walked off and left my Amiga sitting at the house and didn't write down the score. So I'm going to I'm going to make it up by
0: hopefully thumping vote on the live stream. Um, I scored sixty thousand four hundred ten. Okay, I, I, I don't know that means
1: i think I, I think i of course i don't have any proof but i think my score was somewhere in two hundred and thirty thousand 000 or All right, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, well see we'll find i'll out. try to
0: back that out uh so yeah but overall from the amigos two thumbs up on uh deluxe galaga uh aaron what are we going to play next week how about lotus vote lotus 2 sounds good all right lotus 2 we'll do lotus 2 Uh, Some say it's the ultimate uh, driving simulator on the Amiga. We'll find out. And uh, until next time, Adios. adios.